Hello and welcome to another edition of the BAME PE Women Initiative where we're building representation for our female leaders in physical education. My name is Srihan Lynch and I'm a co-founder of BAME PE. Hello, my name is Laura McBean and I'm also a co-founder of BAME PE. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you identify? I am Tara Blackshear and I'm from Detroit, Michigan, born and raised. I am a physical educator and I identify as a black woman who lives in America. <laughs> um, I'm a faculty member at Towson University in the physical education teacher education program. Prior to that, I taught seven years overseas, three years in Cairo, Egypt, and four in Bangkok, Thailand. Prior to that, I was at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill working on a national study to prevent type two diabetes in middle school youth. And prior to that, I taught 10 years in the United States, mostly high school, two years in middle school and one in elementary. What was your sort of route into um, physical education. So did you sort of go, um, and it's probably slightly different, but um, sort of do an undergraduate in PE or something similar and then your route in from there? Yeah, my, initially when I went to university, I really, as many freshmen in America, I think some things are changing, but sometimes we have no idea what we want to do. And so I hopped around and I, I sat back and reflected and said, what am I really good at? What do I enjoy? And it was sport and physical activity. But I think my high school, elementary and high school physical education teachers actually planted those seeds. And it's not until you're an adult and you reflect on some of those experiences and conversations. And my high school PE teacher was also my volleyball and basketball coach. And something she said to me as a grade 11, in grade 11, she said, you're gonna be a really good coach one day. Coaching, teaching wasn't even on my radar. Like she saw something in me that I didn't see. And so that I think is, you know, I think those were some early messages that this may be a, a field you want to consider. Um, so I got my bachelor's degree at Florida A&M University in Tallahassee, Florida. It's a historically black university. I also received my master's, also with the support and encouragement from faculty members who, black women, who said, you need to get your master's degree, we will pay for it. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was thinking about going on to work. And they said, once you start making money, it's gonna be hard for you to come back and get your master's. So with their encouragement, I stayed, got my master's which was um, really good advice because I had my oldest son two weeks after I got my master's degree. So that was, it was perfect timing. And then I taught in various states in the US and I decided to go back to school during my, I think it was my seventh year teaching. And I needed a change, I wanted to, make changes and I felt it was very difficult as a physical education teacher to make effective change. 
because of the position that physical education is in. We're seen as less than, we're not valued and so forth. So I decided to return to school to get my doctorate in education and exercise and sports science to try to provide more opportunities to um, make a difference. How have you found um, navigating academia with your um, identity? <laughs> well, as a black woman, of course, and living in America, of course, I've experienced racism, sexism, and so forth. But the environment that I am right now is by far um, the worst as far as the overt and covert racism that I experience on a regular. And prior to that, I was gone for seven years in two nations of color, brown people, brown and black people in Egypt and brown people in <clears throat> Thailand. So, and I had an American passport. So I didn't have to deal with race. I wasn't looked at as less than and I was valued. My opinion was, was valued. And so coming here and all of the literature on black women in higher ed, I mean, there is a significant amount of literature that we are the least represented. I think we're less than 2% um, as far as tenure track faculty. And in physical education, that those numbers are even smaller. And so there's just a lot of literature on the racism that black women encounter in higher ed, including course evaluations, which I've had in the beginning, I had like some very negative racist um, course evaluations. And so you kind of learn how to play the game. You know, it's a wake up call um, from peer observations, most of those have been good, but occasionally there's a negative um, comment that it, it's not warranted. Um, from scholarship, questioning my scholarship, um, speaking negatively about a previous colleague, he's black, Hispanic, and they told me to disassociate myself with him. And he was on my committee. And so just, I mean, I could go on and on and on, um, and I'm not sharing everything because I am on the tenure track and there can be some negative um, outcomes as a result. Um, in addition to black women not being represented, we're less likely to earn tenure. And so fortunately we're raised to, you know, you have to do twice as much if not more, to maybe get the same recognition. And so my goal is just to make sure that I have enough publications so that maybe um, I won't have any issues. And this was a quote, I think from, I can't remember, but I saw a black woman's um, narrative after she earned full professor and she just let everything loose. And, um, Derek Bell, I think it was him, but someone gave her advice, basically published, and maybe you, you won't have a problem. And she says, no, the maybe, because even 
despite doing everything that you're supposed to do, there can still be negative outcomes just based on your skin tone. So, and you speak, if you look at the literature, either you're not publishing enough or you're publishing too much because you're a threat. And so I find that the advice that I'm given each year, with the exception of this last year, because we had a new PTRM chair and I said, this was the, the nicest letter I've ever received. Um, and so I do think they're trying to make some changes with um, some of the things that are going on, but it has been, it has been one of the most challenging work environments I've ever, I've ever been in, unfortunately. But I'm staying the course to hopefully make it easier for the next black woman who comes through. And fortunately I've had a career, um, teaching 17 years and then the three at UNC. So I can go back in the classroom and actually make a lot more money than I'm making right now. And I'm certified. I went and got my teaching license in Maryland, just in case. And so I have other options and opportunities. So I think I'm the perfect person in this role because I'm not going to sit back and, and be silent as many other junior faculty members would likely be because of the age and the lack of experience and the, you know, I think many of us in our initial jobs when we were young, we're a little bit um, more afraid to speak up and speak out. And I'm that, that's not who I am. And I'm proud to say that. And if there are repercussions or consequences, then that's actually their problem. It's not mine. So I think I'm the perfect person um, to be in this space at this time. Something you mentioned about tenure, um, is that some, could you explain that? Because it's something that um, our UK listeners won't be um, familiar with. Okay, so in um, academia in the United States, there's a hierarchy and a tenure track position, you're at the top. And you have adjunct positions, which are viewed as they're, they're tr as low um, on the spectrum. And so, unfortunately, a lot of black faculty are adjunct, and it is a, if they're, they're not respected, the pay is less. For example, if a tenure track faculty member teaches an offload or an extra course or a course in the summer, and an adjunct, the pay is different. It is higher for the tenure track faculty member for doing the same job. Um, so every, most people want a tenure track position because if you earn tenure, then there's job security. You have a lifetime job, even though that's changing in the country. A lot of institutions have reduced the amount of tenure track positions they're offering. And then we also have the clinical positions, which are semi-long-term, I think, for my institution, you can have a three-year clinical um, contract after a certain number of years. So those jobs aren't as secure and they can let you go every year or after every three years. And so tenure track on its own is difficult. You're responsible for excellence in teaching, excellence in scholarship, 
and excellence in service. Um, and our, our requirements, I believe, we just updated, I think it's excellence in at least one of those categories and meets the standards and the other two or something to that effect or two excellence, something. There's a lot of ambiguity um, in, these, in these PTRM documents and that's not unique to my institution. And so you have to jump a lot of hoops and hurdles and they don't, I don't think they have a good understanding of how challenging it is for me as a black woman at a predominantly white institution to earn tenure. And so what I'm actually doing is pretty remarkable. They won't acknowledge that, um, but I know that what I'm doing is remarkable. And, um, you know, I should earn tenure if, if everything is fair. And yeah, so it's the coveted job to have. And I will submit my tenure dossier at, at the end of year five, which is next June. And they let you know whether you've earned tenure or not year six, second semester. So it's a long process. You're voted annually. And then you have a three-year review. Basically, are you on trajectory or are, are, are not, or not? And what do you need to do to get on trajectory if you're not? Um, sometimes that third-year review, they may say, you're, you, need to move, you need to look for another job, basically. Um, I wasn't pleased with my third-year review, but I'm still standing. And... Yeah, so I won't know until whether I've earned tenure until the year after next. Do you have any top tips for anyone who is in a similar position to you trying to pursue getting into academia? Yes, for I have a book, The Black Academic's Guide to Winning Tenure Without Losing Your Soul. Highly recommend Carrie Ann Rockamore and Tracy Lesloffley. I'm not sure if I read this book before coming because I already knew um, that the odds were stacked against me. And this book I recommend for any person of color to read this, this book. It is phenomenal. And Carrie Ann Rockamore, actually, I believe she earned tenure at two different institutions and she got tired and got fed up. And now she has this organization called the National Center for Diversity and Professional Development. I don't think that's it correctly, but something, Center for Diversity and Development, I think it's NCFDD, something to that effect. I am a member. My institution does pay for the membership. And this book has been a lifesaver. Um, finding a mentor and when you don't have any black women in your department that is difficult and our colleges, we have six colleges on campus, they're very spread out where there might be a few more black faculty in other departments, still not, not enough across the board, but try to network there. Um, and then find an ally, you know, a, a, a white ally who has privilege and 
they need to speak out. And I've had some experiences where I've been told that they are certain faculty members are aware that my walk is different, but they aren't vocal about it. It's like they're preaching to the choir when they tell me. I'm like, okay, now can you take an action step and do something and say something? And so I think that's, from my experiences, that's what is missing in my space. And I mean, people who have tenure, you know, like people who don't have tenure, they support, but they're afraid too, because they don't want to jeopardize their chances of earning tenure. So it's very political. And that's, that's most spaces. Um, but it's certainly political where I am. And we, if getting an ally, a senior colleague to advocate is huge. I mean, like who was really going to go to bat for you. And I, I can't, you know, I don't know what's happening behind closed doors, but I don't feel confident that I have. Before we wrap up, do you have anything else that you want to add or share that you haven't been able to for our listeners? Well, I just want to thank you for this opportunity. Black women's voices are unheard. We're silenced. Um, I've been cut off, ignored, dismissed you know, any, any other type of term for suppression and oppression um, I have experienced. And it is very unfortunate because, you know, we impact young people's lives as they move on to their respective careers. And so I just want to thank you for this opportunity to um, let my voice be heard and hopefully I've given a nugget or two for someone who is considering um, earning a doctorate and working in higher ed because we are, we're not on the radar. We really are not. We're overlooked. And yeah, just want to say.